Let me tell you what this political movement is about. Jobs and growth for all Australians. Gone jobs and growth. Have great jobs. Economic growth. Strong growth. More jobs. When they go low, we go high. So I'm seeing in my mind something very similar with this bill to a colonoscopy. Let me just stop you so you don't waste a line of questioning. I'm just giving you... I love the mansplaining. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. Please clap. Please clap. This is Represent. 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 On Sid Nation. Konnichiwa. Anato wa Sid Nation no represent o kite imasu. Or... Good afternoon. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation, and you are joined with myself, Julia, Oscar, and Isadora. And um, today we'll be talking about lots of interesting, interesting things.、Um, mainly covering today the huge same-sex marriage rally that is pretty much outside our doorstep. Yeah, that's right. It's just at the State Library in、um, Melbourne, Victoria. Well, it's kind of all around the、um, Melbourne Central Station. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Not, not just at the State Library, spilling out、yeah. onto the streets, stuffing the trams going、yeah. down Swanston Street. It's massive.、Mm. It's huge. It's amazing. And we do have、um, roving reporter Zizi Averill at the scene following、um, the happenings at the rally, which is pretty amazing. She sent through some really interesting stuff, which we'll be listening to very shortly.、Um, But first, we will be going to a song. This is a song that apparently has been played at the rally, according to Zizi, so she kind of sent in re- re-、uh, a recommendation.、Um, this is At Last by Etta James. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation, and we'll see you soon. That was Etta James of At Last. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation. And we are going to be covering lots of interesting things today, but mainly we are covering the huge rally that is on our doorstep.、Um, so we do have Roving reporter Zizi Averill, who we will be speaking to live、um, in about five or so minutes, but we've already got some grabs that she has. Kindly sent through from early in the, ra- in the rally, and we'll be going to we're going to play some of the、um, some of her、um, re- recordings right now. So this is、um, Shadow Attorney General Mark Dreyfus speaking at the rally today.、Um, here it is. On you to come out in solidarity and champion marriage equality rights, and I know we keep saying that we're nearly there. But gosh, it feels like we are actually almost really nearly there, and we have you to thank for that—your tireless efforts, your personal stories that you keep sharing at work, in your social circles. When this campaign started, support for marriage equality was about 20 odd percent. We are now hitting 70 percent around this country. Now those 70% figures come from real surveys. (laughs) 
We have a massive lineup for uh, for you today. We've got a rally that's going to take place here. Then we're going to ask you to join on a march through the CBD. And for the very first time, it will be led by the renowned Dykes on bikes. When we return back here to the State Library, we'll have a few more speakers. We've got a drag performance for you. And then our infamous mass illegal wedding ceremony. Um, they're just talking about what was going to go okay, ahead. We've got some more, um, some more grabs that we will get to as well. Um, so, like, it's a huge, huge rally. Uh, I did a, I did a really, really, and it's, it's such a cringe, but like, I did a um, Facebook Live thing earlier, where I'm such a radio person, I can't look into the camera straight. It's so like look hard, right, guys. Check it out. <laughs> but Represent. it was huge. It was such. It's so big. Uh, I like friends of mine are like, oh my gosh, I've gotten swamped by this thing and I don't know how to get out. Will I, will I ever see? <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. It's amazing. Um, so we're going to go to this next um, this next grab from ZZ. This is um, Marriage Equality President Sally McManus and here it is. Individuals that can say they've stood with us right from the beginning. Uh, it's been a hard-fought fight to swing public opinion that's now strongly behind our campaign. It's been a hard-fought fight to get the Labor Party to eventually back the demand for marriage equality. Some of the few organisations that have stood with us from the very beginning has been the union movement, and I think that's no accident. people that are in the sights of conservative governments. It's any group they can find to attack, to divide us against okay. each other. And the key group that they seek to divide and turn against each other is the workers' movement. But the workers' movement is defined in opposition to Liberal governments. It's defined by solidarity, by collective interest, by standing up for the marginalised, the oppressed and those maligned by the likes of Turnbull and Abbott. And that's why the union movement has stood with us from the very earliest days. The union movement knows uh, a lot about discriminatory laws and that's why I am so pleased to be announcing our next speaker, who is from the union movement. Uh, as LGBTI people, we only face actually one uh, remaining discriminatory law on the books in Australia. The group facing the most laws against it is certainly the union movement and the working class. And today, we're proudly here to say we're breaking the law in regards to the Marriage Act. We're having a mass illegal wedding after this to show that it is the responsibility of people who stand up for social justice to stand up even when it's enshrined in law Woo! and not respect those laws so that's and defy Manus those there, laws. Um, speaking at the marriage change. equality um, rally, we'll be posting these um, recordings in full um, after after the show, and we also have finally got a whole heap of our um, a whole heap of represent like backlog of podcasts, which. It's taken me ages to get done. But yeah, we, so if we you want to catch up on what we've been talking about over the last couple of months, there's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of politics has <laughs> happened of in politics. the last couple of months. 
absolutely. It's been a really busy couple of months. But we will also play um, Martin Foley speaking as well, who had a pretty important speech earlier. Introduction. And I too would begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and pay my respects to elders past and present and acknowledge the people of the Kulin Nation. Now, this is a fantastic crowd, but in many ways it's a meeting that we shouldn't have had to have. I want to thank uh, the whole marriage equality movement and Equal Love in particular for sustaining 13 years of this campaign uh, through thick and thin and now so close to achieving this goal of marriage equality. But to overcome this pointless, expensive, let me guess, voluntary, non-binding survey, uh, we still have some steps to go. And like everyone, we're uniting in this community, in this town and in this state to make sure that Melbourne and Victoria brings home that yes vote if the case goes ahead uh, and the ballot goes ahead. We're going to really need community to come together to campaign in all sorts of new and distinctive ways to make it work. And I'm sure from the enthusiasm we've seen from one end of the state to the other that that's achievable. But sadly, we've seen some pretty bad behaviour in only the first week or two uh, from those who would seek to vilify, who those who would seek to demonise and use some pretty bad tactics around stigma, around trying to magnify some very bad behaviour. That's why the Victorian government has allocated a million dollars, half a million dollars on top of a package that was already in place uh, from our last budget to make sure that the services our LGBTI community need uh, and sadly are going to continue to need as a result of this campaign already to make sure that you get the message that you stay strong, you stay supporting each other and that you come together to make sure that this survey is won. Because this survey is not just important to make sure that we take away the notion that one group of Australians are somehow less equal than others. We need to get this marriage issue right because it is so important symbolically. But let us not stop there. Let us keep going to that great Australian commitment that a fair go applies to everyone so we go beyond marriage laws, that we deal with stigma and discrimination for all LGBTI Victorians and Australians to the point where we can really come together as a community and say to stigma and discrimination against LGBTI people in every manner, not just in the marriage laws, is a thing of the past and we give some form to our great Australian commitment that we are a fair go society for everyone. That will not be achieved until LGBTI Victorians are as equal and as fairly, fairly dealt with as everyone else. Marriage equality is a hugely important political and symbolic stop on that journey. But let's not stop there and let's keep this campaign going until marriage equality is achieved and decency and equality is achieved for all LGBTI Victorians and that your sexuality and your identity defines who you are and it does not define you as a second-class citizen. So let's win this ballot and let's keep going. They're speaking at the rally. Now we have roving reporter Zizi Averill on the line. How's it going? It's going really 
well. It's really busy out here at State Library. Uh, you might be able to hear the noise behind me. That's about 15,000 estimated people who have come out to protest today. Um, and they've just come back to the State Library in order to conduct a mass illegal wedding um, of same-sex couples in just a few minutes. So it's very exciting and lots of energy here. So Zizi, um, it's Zidora here. Um, I just wanted to know, you've been looking around for a couple hours now, what do you think, um, is it celebratory? Um, well, I think, first of all, it demonstrates how 
little harm changing the marriage act would actually encounter in society there's a bit of frivolity to it um, and I think a lot of it is to do with it's a great visual image for something that represents love and equality mm-hmm. um, I think a wedding is generally a celebration that and everyone recognizes it as a celebration and so to see it out in the public in a very you know open setting it, it's a great message to I guess, the general public and anyone who sees images of it. Mm. So it's a, it's a campaign that really relies on like the visuals of equality and love. Totally. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we let you go? Um, no, uh, but uh, the, one of the big things I think we should mention is that because this is a postal plebiscite or a postal survey, when you do get your ballot, please remember to vote. The majority of votes are posted within the first 72 hours of the, the actual um, ballot being sent in, sent out to everyone. And so it's important to make your vote heard by making sure you actually send through your message. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for speaking to us. And we'll be seeing you very soon. Thank you. Wonderful. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Um, Represent reporter Zizi Averill there um, at the rally um, in the thick of it. Um, and, of course, you can join the conversation too. Um, we are on Twitter with, at SinRepresent and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SinRepresent. We're going to go to another song. This is I Love the Nightlife from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, because we're really just camping it up today. Um, yeah. So you're listening to Represent on Sin Nation and we'll be back shortly. Sean. Welcome on Bay Represent. You're listening to Represent. Um, that was um, I Love the Nightlife from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation and we are talking all things marriage equality because there is a protest outside yes. next to us. Walking off the city. But of course, um, further to this, there's a lot of political implications um, to, I guess, this kind of like, you know, this big rush of getting people enrolled because enrollment um, ended on the 24th, so a couple of days ago. Um, and that may have huge political implications beyond the marriage equality question. Yeah, that's yes. true. Um, the Australian Electoral Commission um, released some stats on um, Friday about um, the enrolment process, and obviously there was a huge push during the week. If you missed it, well, that is some sad news for you because you want to be... Uh, Getting involved in all things political, of course. Because stay political, I mean... Absolutely, stay (laughs) political. Um, So they released the stats and um, they said 90,000 new voters um, had enrolled since the survey was announced on August the 8th. Um, A further um, 675,000 people had uh, updated their electoral um, roll details. And then there were a, a, a lot more that had yet to be processed um, as of, you know, Friday morning, so a big push at the end on, on Thursday. Um, and 
the Commission was saying that once all the transactions had been processed, they were looking at um, new voters um, exceeding 100,000. So they're expecting that there will be a record proportion of Australians on the roll after this um, campaign. And so on July the 31st this year, there was 75.3% of Australians on the roll. Um, we can look forward to that increasing, um, but obviously still um, the AEC has to do some processing before that happens. So that's actually very um, exciting um, in terms of uh, getting all Australians on the roll and involved in their citizenship duties, obviously compulsory voting. This is, doesn't just affect this marriage survey, but um, in the future for elections. Um, and there's been a bit of debate about what this means exactly. Obviously, the progressives view it as a great um, opportunity to capture more youth voters who are traditionally um, not on the roll. Um, there's a high proportion of, of youth voters that are not on the roll as compared to other older generations, um, usually just by dint of you know age and time and um, but they look at those youth voters and make some assumptions about you know youth generally being progressive and voting for progressive parties such as the Greens and Labor, and they view this as a great opportunity to really cement um, those political parties in the minds of those um, Australians. But, of course, there are some um, that are reporting uh, sort of a little bit of excitement on the conservative side because they see this um, debate as a bit of a rallying point for um, social conservatives um, and um, meaning that uh, older Australians perhaps or more conservative leading Australians will become activated off the back of this debate and will then be um, linked up uh, to political uh, parties and um, activists. So, yeah, I mean, basically, there are a number of ways this could go and it's a really interesting time. It's, it's created a lot of flow-on effects that we haven't yet um, really seen the end of, of course. Though part of me also questions, like, will it have that effect? Because a lot of people are enrolling for what is essentially a one-issue debate. What if their interest is only about that one thing and they're completely apathetic about everything else? Well, I think the implication then is will they vote on it if this survey fails? Um, will those people say if they're all if there's a large majority of the youth enrolling for just this one issue, will they then vote in the next election on this issue? if it's not resolved after this um, mm. survey is conducted. Um, yeah. It will be really interesting to see the flow-on effects. But, of course, yeah, all of this is a bit of speculation because, really, we're at the early stages of, of this process. Because, I guess, like, as you mentioned earlier, the Conservatives and Progressives are both swing it in their favour, saying it's, you know, people from their camp yeah. getting um, involved. Though it could mean anything... Um, Though there has been some reportage of, you know, um, nameless conservative or, or liberal conservative MPs saying, um, you know, we might have really made a mistake on this front because mm -hmm. um, they perhaps agree with the, the um, progressive argument that um, maybe more youth voters, it, it's not such a great thing for them, particularly in um, 
really marginal seats. Um, you know, a couple of thousand people getting on the roll there could really make a difference. So, yeah, it will be really interesting to follow this. Um, but I think, as always, <laughs> um, people getting on the roll and becoming involved in, in their citizenship duties is always a good thing in Australia. So um, the implications are unclear, but um, obviously doing your duty as an Australian citizen is always a good thing. Absolutely. Um, so what what are your thoughts, Oscar, on the whole um, boost? Unfortunately, you can't vote because you're, you're young. You're yes. So young, so the youthful. Youth. Too young. Um, wait. Um, I don't know. I suppose it's going to... I suppose it's... Like, often... It depends on, I guess, who... I know. Does the I'm pretty sure the AEC releases um, statistics on what age group is signed up. Because if it's younger people who sign up, I think the progressive movement is going to spin it as, oh look, all these young people are signing up to vote for marriage equality. But if um, if it's like if it goes slightly in favour of older people, it's going to be more spun by social conservatives and things like that. Yeah. Um, we've got some more um, grabs from Zizi from the, um, from the rally. Um, this is... Wait a second. I'm just finding it. We've got a lot of stuff. Um, this is um, Janet Rice from the Greens um, speaking at the rally. You're listening to Representative. <laughs> And since then, the Greens have been a strong fixture for marriage equality. And uh, we're, we're very pleased to have the uh, Senator for Victoria for the Greens and the LGBTI spokesperson and one of the founding members of the Victorian Greens, Janet Rice. of the Wurundjeri people and pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to acknowledge that this is, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. And a special call out to those brother boys and sister girls here. We are fighting for justice with you. You are all incredible. It is absolutely inspirational to see the rising up of our movement over the last fortnight. The rising up in the face of this postal vote that we have been put, that has been put in front of us. It's we, the energy, the passion, the determination to win has been amazing. But it's been determination to win in spite of where we find ourselves. The opinion polls tell us we, no one wants this horrible, plebby shite. But we are here. And so given that, we are going to fight it. I want you to know that we are going to be fighting it together. We are going to be fighting it and we're going to be looking after each other as we do it. We are going to steer down that hate with love. Because that's what it's about. It's about love. It's about love between all of you. The people here in this crowd who want to get married, who haven't been able to get married so far, who are sick of being treated as second-class citizens. But it's not just about same-sex couples. 
It's about trans people. It's about gender diverse people, intersex people, everybody on the rainbow spectrum. talking extensively about today. Um, so before we go to our song and before we go to pop chat, um, it's interesting how parties such as the Greens and Labor have really kind of made the marriage equality issue and also LGBTI issues in general somewhat partisan, especially when we know that there are you know, uh, conservative queer people and also um, 
you know, MPs in Liberal Party and other um, right-wing parties who are LGBTI. So I'm just wondering what we think about that because it's it's interesting how it's fallen into party lines. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's more through the absence of um, the Liberal Party um, members campaigning heavily than anything else. I mean, I think um, that's been a really interesting um, direction they've taken in that they're going to be campaigning uh, in quite often in their electorates. They've A lot of people have, have been saying, you know, I'm supporting the cause of marriage equality, but um, I'll be campaigning for the Yes campaign in my electorate um, and not part of the sort of national high-profile push. I think it's mainly down to the leadership of um, Turnbull, the approach that this is this has taken. Um, it hasn't stopped um, the Conservatives in the Liberal Party from being very um, aggressive on the no-campaign front. Um, it's, yeah, I mean... It's early days of the campaign, I think, um, but I've been interested to see um, Tony Abbott's sister, um, Christine Forster. She's been really out in front um, on this. She's been speaking a lot, promoting. She's obviously um, a Liberal Party member, um, but you know she's been on Twitter refuting some of her brother's uh, quite sort of decisive um, points that he's been making for the for the No campaign, um, but yeah, she's been out and about, um, I think she's been quite prominent, um, particularly compared to some of the federal Liberal parliamentarians. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. It's good to watch. Um, so we will be going to another song. Um, this is uh, Love on Top by Beyonce. Um, of course, please get involved in the conversation. We are on Twitter at SinRepresent and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SinRepresent. Um, we want to hear your thoughts on all the issues we've discussed today and Stay tuned because we will be back with Pop Chat after this song. You're listening to Sin Nation. On top, uh, Jinsu. Wait a second. <laughs> There's a reason why we're, we're doing this, but it's a bit of an in joke. But Jinsu Osin Jisu Juan Young Hamdila. Politics oh. is for everyone, no matter what language you speak. <laughs> uh, so that is welcome to represent, and that is another another um, language that we can say we've done on the census. We don't census fail, do we? No, no census fail for no us. No census fail. This is also, not like it's like... Shout many... out to the ABS. This is their time to shine. <laughs> they can recover from census fail by getting this, this survey right. No pressure. No one, pressure at all. One day of prep. Also, Kia Ora, this is um, time for pop chat. And I say Kia Ora because we're, we're talking about our favourite New Zealander. Um, Buy me Joyce. Oh. Um, so, like, right now, obviously in Australia... Um, 
it's a bit of a drama, Section 44, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, the Kiwis are, are having fun. Um, I thought that when I saw this actu- this headline, actually, I thought it was, you know, the back burner. But it was actually uh, SBS World News. Uh, and um, it turns out that Barmy Joyce has been nominated um, in the running to be New Zealander of the Year. Yeah. That's just brutal. I mean, that's What's amazing. What's more Australian? Who is more Australian than Barnaby Joyce in his hat? I mean... I mean, Lady Hawk. It's just really... I mean, oh, wait. Lord? Oh. Uh, Crowded House. Oh. Um. All right. All right. Just so much sadness. But I'm glad that the New Zealanders are, you know, taking this really seriously. You know, it's, it's a hard... He's a hard person to, you know, just embrace with open arms. But they're doing a really good job of that. That's true. He's getting a, he's getting a lot of love over there. Not so much in old... Old Oz. Now, of course, we need to learn to forgive, um, you know, Barnaby Joyce, but uh, Trump has forgiven someone, and Oscar, you yes. know about this. He has, he has forgiven a ex-Arizona sheriff, Joe Apeo. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's okay. I'm very bad at pronouncing names. Um, so the sheriff was convicted of criminal contempt um, for for violating an injunction that prevented him from detaining Latinos at traffic stops on the basis that they might have been illegal immigrants. He he characterised himself as the toughest sheriff in America, and he was also well known for making... His prisoners wear uniforms that were pink. Um, the sh- uh, in his tweet, Trump said, "I am pleased to inform you that I've granted a full pardon to 85-year-old American sheriff patriot Joe Apeo. He kept Arizona safe." <laughs> Trump Trump also said that. Trump's White House said that he he protected the public from scourges of crime and illegal immigration. So pretty controversial, given yes. given the state of race politics in in the U.S. at the moment. Yes. Timing is also a bit suspect, I suppose. It's a bit of a distraction having a weather event on your doorstep. I mean, he might have tried to kind of fly it under the weight of that might have been the strategy. But yeah, I mean. That's never happened before in politics, has it? <laughs> um, but yes, there is Hurricane Harvey. See, Harvey is such like a, you know, when I think of a person called Harvey, I imagine this kind of square guy. He's kind of chill and, you know, drinks a couple of Budweiser's or something. But no, he's full of hell. It's scary. Yeah, well, I mean, that theory around the naming of weather incidents uh, or whether. Mm, phenomenons, I think is the correct term. Um, actually, there's some, some merit in how people think of names because apparently there was a study done in America and if you give a uh, typhoon or what we'd call a cyclone over here a um, uh, feminine name, people don't take it as seriously as if you name it a, a masculine name. So... How's that for the real-world implications of uh, gender stereotyping? I mean, maybe they explain some things about other 
really scary hurricanes and cyclones. Yeah, I mean, apparently if you ha- name it, like, I don't know, Anne, Julie, <laughs> other female names, um, people don't take it seriously and therefore more people are injured by not taking adequate pre- precautions. Um, but guys, weather events, no matter what they're named, um, you know, they're scary. There, there are some real, um, yeah, just facts about them and um, whether they're named a, a masculine or feminine name doesn't really change the fact that they're going to have some, have some havoc, create some havoc. Totally. That's just a fun fact about weather. (laughs) Mm. Um, So Trump issued a proclamation declaring it a um, an emergency, I think. And so on the on request from the Texas government governor. So I guess that, well, according to Trump, it allows um, federal government agencies to be able to direct more resources towards responding to the disaster. Mm. Absolutely. Isadora, any other news? Well, uh, now, if you enjoy a bit of Ozpol, which Hashtag if you're listening Ozpol. to represent, I'm assuming that you do. And if you don't, check it out. It's apparently, I, I saw a, a little um, study done this week. Um, apparently, the thing that Australians tweet about the most is Australian politics or Ozpol. Hashtag we really Ozpol. love Ozpol. Yeah. It's, Australians it's on juicy. Twitter are a very political bunch. Um, Stay political. <laughs> um, but uh, in some interesting Ozpol uh, news this week, if, you're, if you've been watching Annabelle Crabbe's The House on the ABC, this is a little tidbit from um, that program, that fine program. Also recommend it. You get a really great look at Parliament, which is... I'm all crap for life. Forever. Um, but uh, a little bit that's come out of that it has been, um, finally, the truth. The truth has come out about Tony Abbott missing um, a couple of parliamentary votes in 2009, around the time of the GFC, because he had... Well, let's say he'd had uh, some rather long lunches, dinners... Um, Accompanied by alcohol, so he was passed out on a couch and couldn't be roused by the whips to get down to vote on um, some really important measures um, that, uh, yeah, he's been called out for in Parliament at the time and, um, you know, was defended by the Speaker at that point. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, some time later has finally come out that, yes, in fact, he didn't make the votes because, you know, a bit of dereliction of duty, I'd say. Absolutely. Um, I don't know um, how many people can get away with not doing their job at their <laughs> standard work um, because they've just had a bit of a long lunch with colleagues. But Absolutely. Yeah, a bit controversial. It's pretty scary. Um, and also, sin does not um, endorse drugs or alcohol, and this is why. <laughs> Absolutely not. You, you're in Parliament for a reason, and you... <laughs> Didn't make a vote. Anyway, this Not is cool. why. This is why, guys. You just gotta focus on the job at hand. Absolutely. Um, we unfortunately said goodbye to a really strong, important politician in Victorian Parliament. Um, Fiona Richardson lost her um, battle with cancer, unfortunately, and um, yeah, she was pretty amazing. She spoke openly about. Her um, <clears throat> her experience with family violence, and she was an advocate 
for um, you know helping out survivors and victims of domestic violence, and um, she's going to be missed. It's really unfortunate and sad. Yeah, and I think it, it um, her um, immense contribution to both that national conversation and Victorian politics was acknowledged because Parliament suspended. Um, a, yeah, a day of Victorian Parliament was suspended because of of her passing, and um, yeah, that the Victorian MPs couldn't really stomach the normal cut and thrust of politics um, in the aftermath of of her passing, which really goes to show, you know, the sort of um, respect that she had um, garnered from that eminent body of Victorian MPs. But um, yeah, it's a really sad um, incident in in state politics this week. Yeah, definitely. And um, I guess this is probably an issue that we'll be probably talking more about at length uh, next week, but there has been a bit of discussion about um, our monuments to um, people like Captain Cook. Um, Some people have um, written words on, such as change the date, on the plaques of... um, you know, colonial founders of Australia is probably not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, people like Captain Cook and Batman and and so on. Um, so there's this renewed discussion about um, about these monuments, and I think it's come after um, the US, obviously, having this dilemma around um, Confederate um, statues because a lot of people obviously see that part of history as a really, really um, divisive and perhaps dark period in American history. Of course, Australia has similar dark moments in history and also um, a bit of a overlooking of like the, um, the life in Australia before white settlers. So Stan Grant's spoken quite extensively about it, hasn't he? Yeah, um, and he's he's been quite measured in, in talking about um, basically um, not rewriting history, just um, being inclusive in um, h- including uh, multiple historical narratives and um, not um, silencing the, you know, the, the truth of, of history, which is, you know, different actors and... Um, multiple interpretations and um, I think yeah he, he had a, a, a sort of reasonably measured response in and it's going to be like a uh, I think a probably an ongoing national conversation but he sparked some really heated reactions from um, tabloid papers and commentators such as Alan Joyce um, and yeah just a real sort of gut instinctive backlash reaction which is just um quite strange actually alan joyce tweeted um that if mr grant if he continued to talk in this way which is kind of say respectful sort of conversation about you know something a national that dialogue, matters to him yeah um that he'll go the same way as um the, the former abc present presenter um uh yasmin abdel Majid, Majid, yeah, yeah. Um, who obviously was in the news earlier this year controversially after her Anzac Day tweet and then was sort of basically hounded out of the country to to, um, London. But that all makes uh, very little sense um, Mm. for Stan Grant, um, 
who's absolutely yeah really one of the <laughs> Australians who ha- wouldn't have that many places to go given his ancestry is fully fully Australian so fully Australian totally yeah, Australian can't um, really get much more Australian than yeah him. Where, where you'd be returning to anyway so it's all a bit convoluted um, and not a particularly useful response let's just let's just put it that way absolutely especially when someone like Stan Grant is. And of course, this shouldn't be a factor because everyone who has an opinion should be able to express that in any way. Right, but, it's just irrelevant. But just... he is someone who is incredibly, I wouldn't say measured, but very, like, soft-spoken sometimes when it comes to these issues. Like, he'll, he'll like, stand his ground, but he's not someone who is, like, explicitly activist. Because you've you got to remember, he's still a journalist. He still kind of takes it down a notch. Um... But yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be looking at that conversation. I mean, Australia will will keep returning to those yeah. issues of history. Absolutely. Um, so that is all we have time for on today's show. Um, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, um, and we'll be podcasting the show. You might be already listening to this as a podcast. Um, I'm Julia. I'm Oscar. I'm Isadora. Remere politiki. Or stay political. (laughs) And, um... Mate. See you next week.